Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for really local news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week, and since this is my first time back this year, I'd like to welcome you with a Happy New Year, and I'm hoping that the holidays treated you well. Just a really quick reminder, the elections are coming up in April, but if you want to run for town office, the filing deadline is February 12th. It's coming up. You can get more information from the town clerk's office. A few days ago, Roger Colton spoke with Bill Lavallo, chair of the high school building committee, to get an update on what's happening at the high school site and what we can expect in coming months. Thanks for stopping over tonight, uh, Bill. There is. Uh progress occurring on the new, uh, the new school here in Belmont. Absolutely. Wow, what an exciting uh, start to our project. Uh, the day after the vote in the town meeting, we had our surveyors out uh, finalizing the topography and the boundaries for the project. Then we moved right into uh, planning for the test geothermal wells, which were installed last month. If you saw uh, the, the trucks go up. They weren't in our new foundations, but they were three test wells that allows us to understand what the uh, subsurface uh, geology and, and the way the heat will flow through uh, a single test well. So the output of the test well, and we put three of them in, they'll be production wells, and then we'll see how many we need from the test results that come back later this month. And those drills that we've seen over uh, at the high school, those go down 500 feet. 500 feet, remember. yes, that's, that's a good memory. So these test wells are production wells, so they went in the depth that our permanent wells will go. They are permanent. They're in the ground, they're capped, and the pipes go all the way down the 500 feet. They're grouted and they're transferring heat. Uh, we have uh, one last one test, I think that's going on this week. And if people want to go down and see it, they, I think it's over by uh, the exit to the auditorium on the east side of the building. And what happens is you find out what the, uh, the heat difference is, and once you know what the heating load of the new building is, you'll then know how many wells that you'll have to put in overall. Correct. Do I have that correct? Yeah, that's, that's a great way to say it. So the, the uh, output of a single well, um, that would be what one produces and we'll know what the total energy of the school will be, uh, what it'll need, and then we'll be able to figure out how many wells will be drilled as part of this project. And will we start seeing cons uh, construction trailers uh, at or around the high school? We have uh, one trailer that's being delivered this week that allows, we'll call it the war room, but allows uh, all the meetings to take place uh, for all the way up to now for two and a half years we've been uh, meeting with different teams in the Board of Selectmen room but I think they would like it back it's getting the meetings are getting crowded. more numerous <laughs> yes. more crowded and this will allow our contracting team and our design professionals to have a place uh, where they will have schedules up on the walls you know it's it's a place where the work needs to happen on a regular basis they don't have to go back and forth to Boston and we'll get more work out of them if they could just stay in Belmont. So uh, that's outside the school, so we don't have to disturb the school. And then it'll be moved around from the back of the school to uh, where the permanent construction trailer group will be, which is along Concord for phase one this summer. Let's close the door on the, what's going on at the physical site. There is a process that is uh, beginning to start right now with the planning board, right? That's, that's correct. So the uh, notice went out to abutters and the formal hearing was opened last week. Uh, that'll probably take about four months, probably about eight meetings. Uh, the plan is to go through this uh, large project systematically, where we'll first talk about circulation and, and parking counts, move on to the building review, 
then move on to the sites uh, and uh, the landscape and, and the fields uh, that, that are outside of the edge of the building. And when you say the building review, the, the massing of the building is set, uh, the, the planning board review will look at materials and materials, things like Materials, uh, probably how the building is sited. Uh, there's not a lot of flexibility there, but we have to give them the same input that we have uh, been discussing for, oh, well, the past year. And they will take comments from the public, which is what the planning board does, and, and make some decisions that, allows, that allow us to move forward in our uh, drawing completion. And let me ask you about that. Given the process that has occurred to date, the, uh, the high school building committee really goes through the same planning board process that anyone else goes through. They have no special treatment, if you will. The, 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 the Did planning that make board, sense? Yeah, no, you, the planning board works uh, through the, uh, with the bylaws. They're interpreting and, and uh, looking at the bylaws, and the same bylaws as uh, single, uh, you know, obviously the different zoning, but someone right. that has a house. So, yes, the same process of uh, submission for opening a hearing, notifying the, uh, the abutters, and, uh, and allowing discussion with the abutters and after presentation by uh, the, uh, the applicant is, is the same process we're going through. Granted, we're a larger project to get your hands around is going to take more than a couple of meetings. And we planned on about four months every other week uh, they meet, so probably about eight meetings. That's great. Thanks for stopping over. There's much to talk about, uh, not enough time to do it, but hopefully, if you agree, we'll have you back time and again. Certainly. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Bill. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian, and welcome back, Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian, and Happy New Year. Oh, thank you. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you have some updates for us on things happening on the planning board, I think. That's right. Uh, uh, one very interesting and uh, uh, development, and that has to do with uh, a, the final development of the parcels on the McLean Hospital site. Okay. About 20 years ago, as, as most people don't remember because yeah. it was 20 years ago, uh, the, t the town meeting approved uh, zoning, a new zoning uh, bylaw for the McLean Hospital. And these are the two last parcels. And okay. um, we have a developer who did the Woodlands, uh, Northern uh, uh, Northland Residential, and they would want to build um, a 104-unit, um, half of it would, well, about a third of it would be townhouses, just mm -hmm. like they have right now okay. over at the Woodlands. And, uh, but then a uh, two buildings that would have uh, like garden style apartments. They'd have like two bedrooms or a bedroom and a, and a, and a den. Uh, and um, they would have that in that area that would be like between Trapello and South Pleasant Street. Mm -hmm. It would be almost like, it'd be on the ridge looking down at Star Market. So how much more housing is this? There's about 104 units and um, Right now, it's pretty pretty pricey. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're they're looking at people. They say the demographics are people who have second homes and they won't need a mortgage to buy a million dollar house. So, you know, we're not talking <laughs> about we're not talking about the peasantry. But okay. uh, so, uh, but um, uh, what happened is at the meeting there was a lot of people and most of them were there to discuss affordability. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's about if you look at uh, the, how they will calculate the, the affordability it would be at 9%. And, they, and many people say that's just far too low for a development of this size. Plus, you know, they consider somebody who's getting 125% of mean income to be affordable. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, it, does that really show an affordability? Especially when you have an affordability that, crisis in this town. That, that's mean income for Belmont? A mean income for the area, I should say, okay, for okay. Greater Boston. Okay. 
So uh, it, it, this will be something that is going to be battled out as uh, as uh, as. Uh, as the chairman of the uh, uh, planning board said, the devils are in the detail, and uh, they'll go through and see what they can uh, make of that. Okay, so so I'm I'm just curious about this affordable housing issue mm -hmm. or component. Um, is is this something that the planning board is going to spend more time thinking about? And I I, th I think now that we have a, a, a housing plan. Uh, and uh, with the housing trust passed last year, that's something that uh, all departments should be looking at. Right. Uh, this shouldn't just be a planning board. This should be sure. anything that uh, we have being developed around town, but it, it should be just a, the policy of the town to, mm -hmm. to increase affordability in some way. All right, so, so I understand there's another interesting development with the planning board involving potentially moving the new high school or <laughs> some portion of the new high school? Yeah, we're not moving the high school to <laughs> to the incinerator site or anything like that. What's happened is that uh, one, of the, one of the members, Carl Hagelin, who, uh, who's been there for a long time, uh, and, he's an arch and he's a landscape architect. He knows mm -hmm. his stuff when it comes to that. He, he's, he, he, he talked to the... Uh, <laughs> he talked to the the, the developer and the, and the and 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 all the project managers, and he says, "You know what? I want to move one wing, because there's a, there's this double wing at, at the entrance of the uh, of the of the school, and he wants to move the one that's closest to the pond 15 feet to the side." Now, why is that? <laughs> because he thinks there needs to be more of a space, more of a path that would lead that uh, uh, that that would separate the school from the um, from the from the um, pond. Now, if you just needed to look at the expression of all the people <laughs> on that board, they were like, Carl, you know, we can't move things 15 feet. You know, we're down to the, the last inch. So it, it, it looks like there's going to be maybe, a, I don't know if there could be a compromise, maybe filling in the pond a little bit or making a boardwalk, but I don't think they're going to be moving something that massive 15 feet to the because side. It would this, really make a difference. It would this, cost us. This entire project has already been costed out to the penny, right? That's right, to the dollar, to the dollar. So if you want to move something like that, you're talking about it. And, and they, want to start, they want to start construction on this part of the building in June. Okay. To, to move it 15 yeah. feet is if, not something so, that's going to be a simple so, thing. So we're beyond that. Yes. So, so, so real quickly, um, I think you also have some information on a business survey. That's right. The town is, is, is moving forward with a business survey. You can s look at it on the p town's website or in the Belmontonian. We mm -hmm. have a link to that. And it basically is asking uh, business owners their uh, opinions about really energizing uh, lo the, lo the local economy. And I think that's a great idea. Okay. It sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Franklin. And, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Welcome to this week in the Citizen Herald, Belmont's online and print news source, and welcome back, Joanna Juvelis. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mike. Welcome jo back. Thank you. Joanna is the senior multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald. I am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, you have an election update for I us. I sure do. So since last week, mm -hmm. we have another candidate running for selectmen, which means we have a potential race for selectmen. Okay. It's Roy Epstein, uh -huh. the Warren Committee chairman. He's been chairing the Warren Committee since 2007. He's been a town meeting member for more than 10 years. He's also served on the um, building committee for the DPW and the police station and right. the search committees for different positions in the town. So he's got a lot of experience mm -hmm. and he pulled papers and said he does plan to file. Okay. Meanwhile, Jesse Bennett 
filed her nomination papers. She's a town meeting member. She's been on the traffic working group for the high school project. Mm -hmm. She was recently appointed to the Transportation Advisory Committee. She serves on the board of the Foundation for Belmont Education and the After School Collaborative. Right, and she's also on the Burbank, uh, she's co-president right. of the Burbank PTA. So we have uh, a definite candidate there, and mm -hmm. we also have a definite candidate for the three-year seat for school committee, mm -hmm. Peter Pantazopoulos. He's a newcomer. He's lived in Belmont for 18 years. He has two young sons, age five and one, and he has a very strong financial background, which is why he says he would be a good addition to the school committee. He well, th that's something that could be very helpful. Right, right. So. Um, I think you also have some updates for us on the DPW and the police building projects. Yes, I do. They are moving forward. The mm -hmm. planning board just approved the police station addition. It's going to be a three-story, 8,000 square feet addition that's going to give the police station another 50 years or more of life. So, so very significant very significant addition to that building yes. and, and they really need the space. Yes, and the DPW is also getting an addition, uh -huh. but that will give it about 10 years of life, but it's also much needed. They will do make, need it. make things safer and just better for all the employees that work so hard. And that work for the DPW may be done uh, before we enter yes. next winter, they're right? hoping, they're gonna go out to bid March 1st. Mm -hmm. They're hoping to start both construction projects in June. They wanna finish the DPW by the end of this year and then the police station, you know, probably take probably next summer, summer of 2020. And they're going to be moving into the town hall audit auditorium? Temporarily, <laughs> yes. And there'll be a little trailer for the dispatch okay. uh, people out front temporarily during the construction. So they all have to get out of the building just, just for safety reasons. Okay. So there's also been work um, taking place on the Community Preservation Committee yes. um, on um, projects to be funded by the Community That's Preservation right. Funds. Funds. There are six, yes. uh, Mike, that are that have been approved to go to town meeting. Mm -hmm. Six of them, and those are the first one is the police station facade. They they want to um, put. They asked for seven hundred ninety thousand dollars to update the roof, windows, stonework, gutters, trim, paint. That's that's one of the requests that was okay. approved. Clay pit pond and rock meadow also had requests to eliminate invasive plants. And those got approved for right. I think smaller price tags of twenty thousand. I think I have some some of those invasive plants in my yard. Noxious weeds. Right. <laughs> the community path uh, got approved for a million dollars to design Phase One B, which will connect Brighton Street to the Clark Street Bridge, which will also connect to the uh, Alexander Underpass. And this is just for the design. Yeah. So this is the design work for roughly half the project. Right. And so that's moving forward. It is. That's which great. Is exciting. Town Field is is hoping to get a new playground. If town meeting approves $700,000, they'll get a brand new playground, updated pickleball and basketball courts over there. And lastly, Town Hall slate roof repair. Mm -hmm. Three buildings need the roofs repaired because they um, water is intruding and it's and it's affecting the structure of the buildings potentially. So okay. that's 75,000 for that. So town meeting has a lot to, to decide, and, and they, there might be one other project. I think it's the Payson Park um, bandstand okay. that they, they may, be, may or may not be approving. We're waiting to see on that one. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're and, welcome. And, of course, we'll be waiting to see what <laughs> happens next week. The Belmont Journal's Jane Peters is doing a news class at the Chenery Middle School 
during their after-school program, the kids in the class interview a trash basher who spends her lunchtime helping the community. This story was reported and filmed by the kids. Hi, I'm Katie G, and this is Ella C. We're going to be interviewing the trash bashers today. First question, what is a trash basher? Well, a trash basher is someone who basically volunteers their lunchtime to help the environment by helping people put trash in the right bins and to stack trays. How does a tr being a trash basher work? Well, as a trash basher, we stand at a certain station in front of trash cans and recycling bins, and whenever someone comes out to throw out their lunch, we direct them to the correct bin and have them stack their trays. It does mean uh, volunteering your entire lunch and recess. You don't get to go to recess, but it's only one day a week, so it's not like you have to miss recess every single day. And it really does help the environment because if it was all piled into one bin, it would be more trash that went to landfills and stuff and that's bad for the environment so like by recycling better we help the environment by also stacking the trays and having less trash. make sure to put that in the recycling next time have you always wanted to be a trash bash well at first i thought it would be fun to have my own little corner to sit with my friend at lunch, but now I really know that it helps the environment. And so, yes, I did want to be a trash basher, but now I really know kind of what it means to be a trash basher. How can kids become a trash basher if they wanted to? If you're really interested, see Mr. Williams on the yellow team. He will assign you a day, so it's a fun experience. Very good. This is KDG and LSC zooming out. And now it's time for sports. The Belmont High School varsity basketball teams are doing great this year. The girls remain undefeated and the boys conceded only one game so far. The boys team captain Danny Ardamian reached an important milestone recently, his 1,000th point, and we have some video of that incredible moment. Ball is loose, and here's Sarah Waggy with it. Here is your David underneath. Oh, it's close. It's 1,001 career points. Seven tenths of a second. <laughs> Just enough time to spare, and indeed, that will give Yardemian 1,001. It wasn't if, but when Danny Armenian would break a 1,000 point barrier against Arlington Friday night, June, uh, January 11th. And the 1,000th point came up with a layup. Just as the halftime buzzer blared as he capped off an 18-point first half against the Spy Ponders. But any hoopla was that for reaching the career-high mark would have to wait for the end of the matchup. Let's celebrate a little, but let's get back into the game, said the senior guard and captain as his teammates walked off to the locker room for the half. By the finish, Yarmanian put up 27 points as Belmont prevailed 77-54 to in a relatively dominant team performance. After the game and before the celebratory cake was presented for his accomplishments, Yarmanian thanked his teammates over the past four years who set me up for plays that allowed me to score. It's a team sport, 
and I couldn't have done it without 13 other guys. They're all special. It's been a special year for me, said the Belmont, said the Bentley-bound all-purpose guard, having set the team's single-game scoring record with 46 earlier in the season. It means a lot to get these records and have an individual banner. They're all were goals of mine when I started, but we've got bigger things to accomplish along the way. This is one of these real good, feel-good stories about uh, a talented basketball player, but also just a, a really good kid, too. A very impressive milestone for the Belmont senior. We also have some highlights from the last couple of boys and girls basketball games. A very young Arlington team, comprised of nine sophomores and two seniors, kept Belmont in sight for the first quarter of their game last week. But the Marauders' defense really stepped it up, shutting out the Spy Ponders 15 to nothing, securing a 48 to 30 victory as the Marauders now remain undefeated at 9 and 0. Next up, were the boys against Arlington with uh, Belmont winning 77 to 54, remaining undefeated in the Middlesex League at 7 and 0. It was a big night for Danny Armenian. He not only led the team in scoring, but he also scored his 1,000th point. He, Mac Amos, and uh, Tim Minicosi scored 60 of Belmont's 77 points. The boys played Watertown in an always chippy rivalry game this Tuesday, with Belmont winning 173. Uh, the team uh, combined for a, a very defensive-oriented first half, with Belmont only leading 43 to 37. But it was the last two quarters that Belmont uh, came away with the victory, scoring 57 points. Uh, with Danny Armenian scoring 28 points, 25 in the second and third quarter alone. And now it's time for the community calendar with Jane Peters. Jane has all of the updates this week for us on what's happening and what's interesting in Belmont. Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. Belmont's 25th annual celebration of Dr. King's life takes place on Monday from 8.45 to 11 a.m. in the BHS cafeteria. Keynote speaker this year is Dr. Emmett Price, professor of worship, church, and culture, dean of the chapel, and founding executive director of the Institute for the Study of the Black Christian Experience at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Proceeds of the event support the METCO Support Fund for programs and events that bring our Boston and Belmont students and families together. Music will be performed by Chenery Students and Lady Cap. Tickets can be found on Eventbrite or purchased at the door. Teens can join local writer Bobby Otaro for a five-session class on creative writing starting on Thursday from 7 to 8.30. All skill levels are welcome to join. No previous writing experience is required. Registration for this workshop is required. Sign up on the library's website. Calling all high school musicians, vocalists, dancers, poets, and performers of all kinds. Belmont Idol auditions are next week in BHS's Little Theater from 3 to 5 p.m. Link to sign up can be found on the BHS News website or by contacting Ms. Garcina. Join Powers faculty and guests as they narrate popular children's book, Anasi and the Moss-Covered Rock, with original music, singing, and dancing. This free performance takes place at the library on Saturday at 10 and 11 a.m. 
and Powers Music School's Stein Chamber Music Festival takes place on Saturday at 5.30 and 7.30 at All Saints Church. The festival includes music of all genres performed by musicians of all ages and abilities, from beginning students to amateurs and professionals. Visit Powers' website for more information about the festival. Join Belmont Books in a book launch for Annika Denise's Planting Stories, The Life of Librarian and Storyteller Pura Belpre on Sunday at 1. Pura Belpre came to America in 1921 where she became a storyteller, puppeteer, and New York City's first Puerto Rican librarian, championing bilingual literature. Learn more at belmontbooks.com. The League of Women Voters is hosting their annual winter luncheon on Monday, January 28th at noon at Kashish in Belmont Center. The luncheon will feature Patrice Garvin, town administrator, as guest speaker, reflecting on her major accomplishments during her first year in Belmont and looking ahead to 2019's major projects. Please consider bringing non-perishable food or care products when you attend for the food pantry. Learn more on the League's website. And that's all for this week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, please send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Also, if you'd like to get involved in the program or if you have any news or community updates, please contact our producer, Frederic Rigolo, at fred at belmontmedia.org. And if you're thinking about getting involved, just keep in mind that we have a lot of fun making this program happen. That's all for now, and I hope to see you next time.